Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Business Boys, episode number 75. Uh, with me, as always, is my main man, Spence. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, just grinding, working. How about you? I mean, are you are you still on cloud nine, fuck? Yeah, man, I'm not coming down from it. Still pumped <laughs> up about the Super Bowl win. Feeling like I can't be beat out here. Um... Yeah, no complaints. I got my got my coffee Baileys ready to go in my nice Ooh. Christmas mug. Nice, very nice. Yeah, um, yeah the the uh, Super Bowl parade today in Tampa was like on a boat. It looked pretty lit. Not gonna lie, I didn't see it, but I gotta check it out. I saw some uh, Twitter clips. They looked like they're having boys looked like they're having a good time. Every every year after the Super Bowl, when Tom Brady wins, it's like I can't open like any social media. But I've just been having a field day yeah it's it's like i'm i'm so happy for uh diehard buck fans like you and a few other people but then there's all the like brady the brady stands you know they've they've came over from new england they're just hopping on the bandwagon like all right all right you don't get to celebrate as much as uh the fans since uh early nfl blitz days using brad johnson and Keyshawn johnson hook up and uh, yo, the NFL, they, they, I, like they, they hate New England. Like they're making them look, they make Bill Belichick look so bad, man. And like they're not know, holding back. Yeah, yeah, he's getting buried. I, I wonder how old Bill's doing. He probably doesn't give a shit, man. He's chilling. Got yeah, six he's won a lot. He's got eight rings. Two with the uh, Giants oh, from back in the day. True say. With Parcells, the big tuna. Do you have any just quickly? I mean, this is the last super last uh, football for a while. Like, honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy it's over. I, I like the break. I love football, but I like the break. It's uh, you get your Sundays back. But do you have any high level takeaways from the game? High level takeaways? No, I mean there was some. It's nice to get some Brady calls in there. I must say, um, a few ticky tacks that I'll I'll take all day. But uh, yeah, no, everyone doubted. I had my fan duel in there. All my Bucks players it was good. It was good. It's a good day of football, good day of eats and ribs and chicken wings. Can't complain, yeah. but like you said, it's nice to take a break and have my Sundays back. And yeah, as soon as I miss it, it comes back around again. So focus on my b-ball bets for now and uh, keep her going. Exactly. I, I I did not think the game would ever go down like that. Um, I was pretty disappointed in the Chiefs game plan. Uh I thought maybe they'd try to get like some more motion going, some quick passes, some screens, stuff like that, but uh, just never happened. Man, Mahomes is running for his life. Yeah, well, they were missing their two starting punch them in the face, right? That's why I thought maybe some short passes, quick screens to Tyreek, get the man in space. But uh, yeah, literally, Bucks just punched them in the mouth. Yeah, let's go, let's go, Bucks. Yeah. Anyways, no more football. Let's get into some business. A lot of shit going down. Uh, earnings are coming in hot. Got a lot on tap for today. What do you want to start with? Super Bowl winning Jimmy Mellows. Um, I guess we can keep on the... Um, we'll move from football games to uh, mobile games. Um, Love it. EA Sports. It's in the game, but not EA Sports. Just EA bought and i'm correct me if i'm wrong glue mobile oh yeah glue um 
and glue. You're my boy. Um, I think it was what a one billion dollar deal, if I'm not mistaken. Two bill. Two bill. Um, I don't know Glue Mobile, but I love my mobile games. I checked out some of the games they had. It looks like they're like like they have those like random slew of games that are like not the big names, but like kind of get like the odd download here and there. Um, there's like a restaurant one with Gordon Ramsay on the cover. Uh, there's a Deer Hunter. There's a Kim Kardashian one, and the one that I actually tried to download yesterday, but I couldn't find it. Uh, WWE Universe. I typed in WWE Universe on my App Store. I couldn't like there was like a few other names, so uh, my interest stopped there. But I'm kind of down. <laughs> Do a little Brock Lesnar action. Um, yeah, yeah, I could check it out if I get the right name. Not great marketing, you know. The one I always see advertised uh, when I play words with friends or something is the MLB Tap Baseball. It's always Aaron Judge promoting it. Right. So I know that one. The Kim Kardashian one, I was like, what the hell is this? This looks ridiculous. It's like you you start off as like a like an E-list celeb, F-list celeb, and you're trying to like get up to an A-list celeb. <laughs> it seems a little ridiculous, but I could see how it's possible. They, they got quite the catalog of games. Um, it's certainly a pretty big acquisition, uh, $2.1 billion. But mobile games are hot. We've discussed it before. Uh, EA, you know, they, they've been making quite a few acquisitions they bought codemasters not too long ago for 1.2 billion the only game i know from codemasters is formula one uh the f1 games but uh it's an m&a market we've seen a lot of deals and certainly am bullish i think we both are on mobile games and the future of mobile games so um without knowing like i, I didn't dive too deep into glue mobile's financials i think it was like 40 percent over the market price but uh, two billion for a company like EA is not, not too much money. So, uh, on the whole, I think it's a pretty good acquisition for them. Yeah, and we've brought it up before. Like mobile, mobile games are just getting so good. I, I stick to my my usual. I got super into. Um, I don't know if you ended up playing the the sneaky one where you got to sneak around there, uh, where you're mad sus. What's that game called? The classroom on E Bombs World. No, anyways, but like I got this new larger iPhone lately. I'm not a huge fan. It's hard to handle, but God, is it good for games? Yeah, that's true. I think uh, I'm like I know Activision Blizzard bought Candy Crush for five billion, six billion a while ago. Uh, Ten Cent when they bought Clash of Kings or whatever that game is, it was like eight billion, nine billion. I'm wondering if anyone will try to buy Zynga, which makes a lot of the big games like Warriors with Friends and that. But that's worth uh, over $10 million, I believe. I, I, I forget the market valuation off the top of my head. The Zynga. The Zynga, yeah. But uh, certainly a hot M&A space, and uh, we'll see what they do with it. I'm assuming just keep it as is and uh, keep developing more mobile games. Totally. And the game I was thinking of was called Among Us. Okay, never heard of it. Super I'm not fun. a big gamer, you know that. Yeah, it's super fun if you play with like friends. It just sucks when you just like join random games because there's so many dickheads online. But yeah, it's like you, you have to like hide in like you're on a spaceship and like you're you're with a crew of like 10 people and nine of you, let's say, are, are trying to like do random tasks, like just pressing buttons. But there's one person who's like an imposter and he's trying to like sabotage and kill people. And you can go through like oh, vents right. and yeah, kill yeah. people and stuff like that. It's pretty sick. You did mention that. Yeah. Anyway. Neato. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think EA, like on the whole, they've been doing a lot of acquisitions. Like they're, especially their sports games. I find they've just been slacking, kind of. You know, every year is like a new game, and it's the same fucking shit. They just want you to go play Ultimate Team and spend all this money getting buying cards and stuff. So good for them to branch out a bit, even if they probably uh, pay, paid like over what it's probably worth today. It probably pay off in the long term. Absolutely. Speaking of speaking of long term, um, moving down to the sh- to the short term, say goodbye, bye bye, Bezos as the CEO of Amazon with some big news. Um, it's always funny because I, I I think he's he's moving in. He's like still going to be at Amazon. Like he's still going to be super duper involved. Just maybe a little less. But everyone's like. Like all the headlines make it seem like he's leaving, like for like he's going into retirement, and it's it's very much not the case from what I understand. Yeah, he's moving to executive chairman. It's what almost ninety percent of CEOs do, unless they get fired. You know, they reach that age, they transition to executive chairman, which is kind of the guy behind the scenes who sits back, uh, signs off on a bunch of ideas and papers, offers some counsel, some tips and tricks. But he's just a bit less involved in the day-to-day. So it's really not – he's not leaving the company or anything. It, it was pretty big shocking news. Um, but supposedly it's been in the works for a while. The new CEO is named Andy Jassy. Did I get that right? Fuck. Um, he was the CEO of AWS. He's been at the company pretty much since day one, 1997. Had a bunch of roles, shadowed under Jeff. Um, obviously AWS has been among the other business lines has been really the shining star at Amazon. I mean, the company's just firing on all cylinders. So I think he's kind of the natural successor. It makes sense. Uh, I've, everything I've heard about the guy has been nothing but positive. So I really don't think it's any negative to Amazon. I mean, their quarter was absolutely outstanding that they reported last week. Um, and yeah, Jeff's just going to kind of focus a little more on Blue Origin, a space company, uh, the Washington Post, and uh, some of his other humanitarian NPO stuff. Maybe just take some time for himself. Like he, being the CEO of Amazon is probably fucking a lot of work, man. It's crazy how like like a lot of people were, were posting pictures of like, you know, like 97 Amazon and, and, and stuff like that. He like he fucking looks younger now than he did then. It's insane. It's funny. Like as the company's grown into this powerhouse, he's grown into a powerhouse. He's gone from like a skinny, kind of ugly guy to this like beefed up stud, bald beast. <laughs> that, I guess. I guess being a multi multi billionaire does that to you, right? Yeah, you get the you get the the, the personal chefs and the face creams and the you know <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think Amazon's still in good hands. And, uh, I mean, this had to happen sooner or later, right? He's getting older. He's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was uh, pretty big headlines last week when it when it was announced. And it definitely overshadowed the amazing earnings. And the stock probably took a hit because of it. But whatever, like the short-term stuff. Long-term, yeah. I, don't, I don't see any impact. Um, circling back to video games, man, uh, Google has announced that, uh, friggin' notifications on my watch, Google's announced that they are shutting down internal game development for Stadia. 
which we, oh man, maybe it was like two years ago, we talked about Google Stadia. It's a streaming video game platform. Uh, they had a, initially launched like an in-house game development so you can make exclusive games for it. Now they'll be completely relying on third-party games, um, which is, it's fine, I think, but it's also, it's like pretty sick for Sony and Microsoft to have like the flagship games, right, on their console to kind of differentiate and separate it apart for consumers. Like, oh, uh, I don't know, back in the day, it was always like, I need an Xbox because I want to play Halo. Right. Or I need PlayStation because I want to play, I don't know, Drake's Uncharted or the various amount of other games they have. So um, they said it would just be too expensive, too many resources. It, it kind of seems to me like Google just being like lazy with, with another one of their projects. I'm not super bullish on Stadia, especially after this news. Um, I've heard mixed reviews. I think you've heard the same. But I think it kind of just another hat tip to microsoft and sony and i guess even nintendo that all right you're still going to be like the big three for a while yeah absolutely i think it's just they they were just having too much trouble from what i understand it was still a bit slow and laggy um Mm. they were running it on uh and like in the grand scheme of things like people who are super into like people like the most like the most profit you're getting from like video game consumers, like if you're gaming all the time, like a new console, it's not the end of the world, especially if it's going to be as good as the, the Xbox is now and the PlayStation is now. Like if you don't go out that much, like, you know, like fuck, like dinner and drinks are goddamn expensive. Like you can buy a PlayStation <laughs> 5 if you don't go out three times, like you're good to go. So I don't think uh, I think people who are going to be the people who are spending money on their games and shit like that are 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 going to buy this stuff, and people who aren't like are just not going to ch- are, are just not checking out Stadia. Like I haven't even heard much about it, and I'm obviously all over the news and love gaming, but it just hasn't been exciting. Yeah, and I do know like Microsoft and Sony have been, especially with the pandemic and the new consoles out, like they've been selling like crazy. Like black market type of reselling shit going down, you know? Yeah. People camp out, buy ten PS5s, resell them for like a thousand bucks. Yeah, like I, I get it for people who are like competitive in it and want to get a like a like jump ahead, but like oh, that's crazy stuff. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what the future holds for Stadia, but uh, no in-house game development right now. What shall we tackle next? Well, I guess since we're hitting all the giant tech companies in the news, might as well move on to our boys at Tesla, who sent a ripple effect across the, the, the stock and investing world, uh, saying they would uh, accept Bitcoin as payment. And uh, they bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty Elon the Master Pumper. He's always tweeting about Dogecoin. I like to call it Doggy Coin because there's a dog on it, which is literally like a meme cryptocurrency. Um, pretty ridiculous. But I mean, they're not the first company to do this. I think Square did this a few months back. Uh, 
PayPal and Square both accept, allow you to buy Bitcoin and accept Bitcoin directly on their platforms. I think more companies will probably do this. I think accepting, I think it's becoming more mainstream. So, so it's kind of forward thinking and it probably makes sense. In terms of risk, it's not a huge amount of cash for them. And uh, I definitely think like putting, like traditionally you have cash in your balance sheet, you buy treasury bills, they yield like under 1%. But it's it's a security thing, right? It's like you're just it's guaranteed small percentage increase to your cash. Um, in terms of this, like fuck, it, it pumped Bitcoin up quite quite a bit, and uh, if it goes to zero, um, it's not the end of the world for them. If it keeps going up like crazy, it's, they're gonna look like genius, and more companies are gonna do it. So I think it's a pretty low risk, good move for them. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you have Bitcoin and um, <laughs> and Tesla, it was a pretty good day for you. It's been a pretty good year for you, for sure. Oh, yeah. Big time. Something else that was pretty cool I saw quickly was DoorDash bought a robot food prep company called Chowbotics. Um, kudos for the name. Cool ass name. Chowbotics. Basically, it's a uh, California-based startup founded seven years ago, and it has a refrigerator-sized robot called Sally that could store up to 22 prepared ingredients and then use those ingredients to make up to 65 salads, bowls, and other meals at a time. Uh, The robots go for 35K. They sell them mostly to universities, medical centers, grocery stores. But uh, DoorDash is going to use it to partner with like restaurants they have to offer more varieties of meals when they don't, uh, while also not expanding their kitchen space. No uh, financial terms with this, probably not a huge investment by them, but uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So I wanted to bring it up in the pod. Yeah, I think it's nice, like, you know, especially if like, you know, you want to order like food from a place and you want like a side salad, pretty cool. Um, cause like it is, it is tough to keep, like, you know, you have a pizza place or whatever. It's tough to keep all those ingredients and vinaigrettes, um, and keep <laughs> them fresh. So I, th- I think that's awesome idea. Um, you get a variety of salads instead of just getting like the nasty ass Caesar salad or Greek salad offered at your local pizza joint. Bust out like terrible. A, like a Dijon mustard with garlic, Ooh. olive oil. Sounds delicious. That does sound good. I am making a salad later. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Nice salad. Um, and another quick hitter, Pepsi has, PepsiCo has finally announced the new Aunt Jemima name. It'll be called the Pearl Milling, Miling, Milling Company. Label looks the exact same, except instead of Aunt Jem, it just says Pearl Milling Company. Nice building on it. They'll also be pledging, uh, donating $5 million to support the black community. So good optics, good marketing. Yeah. Moving forward. That's all I have. <laughs> That's all I have on it. Just a housekeeping thing. Yeah, well, now, now we know, you know, when we go to the store, what to look for. Yeah, we'll see what uh, Uncle Ben decides to rename to. Love it. Yeah, uh, I think that was, um, oh yeah, and so <laughs> this is a fun little quick one as well. I saw it pop up, the President Edition Nike Humper, Humper, Hyper Dunk 
Barack Obama shoe is uh, is on sale right now. Apparently, there's only two that exist in the world. Um, one of them supposedly owned by Barack Obama himself. The other one going on sale for twenty a whopping twenty five thousand dollars for those uh, high end shoe collectors, I guess, out there. People collect these things like art and have these massive yeah. shoe closets. You don't put these on, but they're pretty sweet. Uh, they have the, the branded number 24 with the president's seal on it, um, since he's the 44th president. Um, they were worn, so not these exact shoes, but the but this model of shoe uh, was worn during the 2008 Beijing Summer Olympics uh, by the by the by the U.S. team. So they're actually pretty sweet. They're they're very like simple looking, blue and white, um, but. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty sick shoe. Um, 25K. Don't have that. But. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty penny for a pair of shoes, but uh, it's an investment, I guess you could say, or a collector's item. Oh, absolutely. Because, like I said, there's only there's only two uh, two pairs out there with the, with the president's seal. Ah, it's all about the seal. I mean, I read recently that a Mickey Mantle baseball card sold for $5 million, so. That's nuts. I'm personally regretting uh, selling all my uh, Pokemon cards to Blunos back in the day for pennies on the dollar. I feel like they'd be worth so much now. No, dude, they're not. Like, I, I have a Blastoise oh, no? just chilling at my home, and I, I looked, like, last year, I was like, oh, yeah, I sell this, and I saw, like, three, 300 bucks or something. It's, like, 60 bucks. Ah, okay. They did not. That makes me feel a bit better. They did not. (laughs) I think magic cards have done really well over the years. You got to have like the first edition Charizard. That that one's probably worth a shitload. Yeah. Signed by Charizard himself. Ah. The disobedient dragon. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, then uh, to close it off, I think. uh, Do you have anything else? No, that's it. We close it off with our. looks into online education of the future yeah i mean so i mean obviously because the pandemic a lot of schools have been uh closed and students have been learning over zoom you're starting to see some online education companies like chegg and stride kind of take off and do really well enrollments are way up and it just kind of made me think like what is the future post pandemic of these companies um are they just going to go back are we going everyone going to just go back to school normally or is it going to be sort of a more blended approach like we are right now with working? Um, I think post-pandemic, most companies will still offer some sort of hybrid, you know, work from home two days, three days a week, go into the office the other days. Other companies are going to be fully remote work and some old school fucking companies will probably be like you have to come in every day. So I uh, just thought we could kind of maybe debate a bit, not even debate, just just ponder what the future would hold for these online education companies. I think to me, maybe the, uh, you know, you separate it different ways. Like let's say kindergarten to grade 12. I think if anything, a blended approach probably makes the most sense. Um, I know like me personally, I probably would have rather do all my schooling online Uh, Never have to go in, socialize with anyone. But as a kid growing up, it's probably good to have interaction, physical interaction with other human beings, develop some social skills. Um, Probably certain people learn better in person in classrooms. But I also think people 
Some people learn better from the comfort of their home. So I think maybe uh, in some situations, like a blended approach or for even some people, an online approach works well. The the part of the, these companies I really like is like the career learning stuff, which is um, if you want to learn how to code or if you want to learn like a specific skill or something like that, you could do most of it online, have some like in-person uh, workshops and stuff like that. I don't think that's really going to go away. I think like remote work, the pandemic just kind of open up those doors where it's like if you want to get a specific degree degree in some sort of programming or something like that, you can sign up, enroll in one of these online immersive or blended immersive uh, specific courses. And I think uh, more and more people find that as a suitable, um, better solution than physically going to a university for four years. But uh, curious what your thoughts are on the future for online education. Yeah, well, I think if we start off with like the kindergarten to, to grade 12, like you said, I agree. You need like, like going to school is, is where you learn to interact with people. It's where you get active and play sports and do gym class and realize that, you know, when you say something mean, you hurt someone's feelings and it feels bad inside your chest. So um, I think that's, that's super important. Uh, I think for, for the younger students, it's important that they go and get those skills. Um, that being said, like, I still think it's ridiculous that, we expect these like six-year-old kids to be interested in doing homework on paper with a pencil, memorizing stuff. There's so many amazing tools out there like, like these companies where, you know, they can actually have an immersive and engaging learning experience. And, and we don't... Like Kahoot. Like Kahoot, man. Seriously. Um, where they can go home and, and, and do their homework on by logging into something and actually get them using technology at an early, early age for the right stuff. Um, I think it's a little bit ridiculous that that, that doesn't exist now, especially if kids are, are sick or have to stay home or, or traveling. There's, you know, a lot of students who are student athletes, even at the, the young age of like 10 years old to, to, to 17 years old. And, you know, they got to lug their their giant books around along with their sports bag. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I think there's got to be a way, way better way to do it. And I think the fact that we don't even like pandemic regardless, like this is something that should be a part of everyone's education early on. So I think it's just, uh, it doesn't look good on, on education system that it's already not part of it and that we were totally not ready for it. Um, but I, I think it should, it should be something that's part of everyone's learning at all times. Whether you're going to school, yeah, I think too. I think too, like the advantages of a uh, online school or, or something like a something like that is you can enroll way more students, and geographic location doesn't matter as much. Um, I think too, with respect to kind of socializing and developing those skills, like maybe they're not as important as they used to be. Like that, I know that's up for debate, but. If you're going to be going to school for all these years and then you get a job where you just sit, sit your ass at home in front of your computer and like code or something, like it, it probably doesn't make that much difference. And you could still develop those skills by, I don't know, joining a club or, or sports or something like that. So um, I do agree, though. I, I think some sort of blended mix um, is probably preferred. I think for university, me personally, I would have rather it all be online. But I, I, I think in the sector as a whole, in terms of um, online school or career learning, you know, different 
sorts of graduate diplomas, stuff like that, study materials, like the sector as a whole, I'm pretty bullish on it. And I, th I think it's kind of just scratching the surface of its potential. I agree. Uh, I agree, but there's also like, we got to think of like, I agree that I would have liked to do it online. Would I have been as engaged? I wasn't really engaged to begin with, so it's hard to answer that question. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you look at, like, let's look at the traditional university experience, what replaces extracurriculars? I mean, you still go frosh and drink and party. I guess. And and we, we, we have had a, we had a very different experience. Like we were, you know, went to a downtown campus in a, in a fairly, you know, busy city. Um, half of it we commuted, half of it we lived near campus and never did anything involved with the school, right? But if you look at some people who live in, you know, like Wichita or like uh, Wisconsin or, or Kansas, you know, there's like the major cities are, are, aren't that big and like typically filled with businesses and, and going to have that on uh, on campus life is your first time away from home. Um, I feel like you, you pick up a lot, you learn a lot, you gain a lot of experiences. So while I agree, like, yes, this stuff should be incorporated and you should be able to take these courses online. How do we, how do we replace like that experience? Are we expecting them to be part of like, Oh, instead go join sports teams or clubs or academic clubs. Like, what does that look like? Right. Yeah. That is a pretty big question mark. Um, you know, the, the dorm experience and going to, you know, pe other people's dorm rooms and partying there and socializing, uh, definitely fun times, but it's also fucking expensive to, uh, go to school, live on campus and eat at the cafeteria and stuff. So I think it could be a, a lot cheaper too for, for a lot of people, you know, student loans are, are out of their ass and they're spending years and years paying them off. So it could be a big benefit cost wise for a lot of students. Right. Like, how do you like, without sounding vulgar, how do you get laid? <laughs> you hit up uh, Bumble and uh, Tinder and, uh, you know, Makes sense, go meet yeah. at a bar. Yeah. I think too, like in terms of kindergarten to grade 12, like you got to think like a lot of parents, man, that's like the reprieve, right? Like, okay, drop the kids off at school. Like now we, we got like seven hours with the, with the kids out of the house, like someone else taking care of them. So it's probably harder on the parents than, than anyone else. Totally. Um, yeah. You also mentioned like, and one thing that, that I, I see is like a huge barrier to this. And I, I'm not saying it's one I agree with, but how do you get like, like right now, a big thing is companies like big law firms and stuff like that like to hire um, people from Harvard, from Yale, like, you know, these these Ivy League schools. How do you like stop like keep like, you know, how do you keep the rich rich? Right. Like if tuition right. becomes a lot cheaper and you can just attend online classes to Harvard for business school and and like. UPenn or whatever it is, like Wharton School of Business, like, like there's going to be some pushback there, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, those schools definitely will. They they want to keep collecting all their money. I think in hindsight, like that's I I've always thought that's such a stupid thing. Like that, like a certain company they'll only hire like Harvard MBAs or something like that. It's 
some of like the best uh, hedge funds I know, for an example, like like the people would hire like taxi drivers or like ex poker players. Like your your friggin' degree means absolutely nothing. Like wipe your ass with it. But um, that's how I think it should be personally. But I I do see like definitely uh, the big money schools will be pushing back on this online education movement. There's no question about it. Because there's there's a huge trickle effect too, right? Like if we start doing stuff online, like what, like what about what about the books? What about the, like I'm sure they'll find a way to monetize it somehow. Um, maybe it's yeah, impossible buy it, to share buy books it electronically. And buy books now, maybe it's better for them. Yeah, buy it electronically. Study materials, stuff like that. Study notes. Just buy them online. And then the. Save some trees. Yeah, and we can't also we can, we can't forget about like the trades. There's such a huge lack of demand, like lack of of um, like skilled workforce, like skilled workers, whether it's like asphalt or or landscapers or you know plumbers and stuff like that. Like maybe these large financial institutions can just make a move, and you can go to Harvard for plumbing. Like I don't know, and use the campuses for that. <laughs> I, I don't know, but those are going to always have to be. Maybe they go half half, but you know, you want to be yeah. plumbing, you got to go to class. You want to be a butcher, you got to go. You got to go in, you know. Yeah, for sure, stuff like that, right? That that's obvious. But I find one one thing I love about it, especially in university, is it makes it so much easier for students to work and pay for school. Right? Like we used to travel, like when when before we moved downtown, we used to travel two hours just to get to and from class, like. Right. It makes it really difficult carrying all your shit. Um, do you think it also leads to a more educated population? Um, yeah, I, I think I do, man, because I think a lot of – if we're looking at this from just a university standpoint, I think it, it allows a lot more students to get an education. One, because it could be cheaper. Two, because there's no geographic limitations. And three, probably a lot of university students, maybe I'm just saying this because I was like this way, they probably fucking skip class because they're hungover. They don't want to physically go into school. And uh, I probably wouldn't have skipped as many classes if I could just log in uh, from the couch at home and listen to the lecture, you know? Totally. There's so much information you can just get from the internet or from your house, all these different study material companies like Chegg. I, I think the ability to get information and learn in 2021 versus in 1990 is, is immensely better. Yeah, totally. It's just, you know, you just got to be careful with what you're learning and where you're learning it from and check your resources and your references. But um, yeah, stick to Wikipedia. That's just legit. Yeah, one thing one thing that you said before that that kept with me and why I think there could be a huge potential, but also like a buy-in from from everyone who's involved in actually making this happen is the ability to just get way more students on board, right? If it's a lower right. cost, you just get like I, you know, if, if it's easier for me to get a master's, like why, like maybe I'm more inclined to do it, right? Uh, if it's easier for people to pick up a, another degree, or you know, if I want to start a business to pick up a, a finance degree as I'm getting started, like it's so much easier as opposed to like going to class and it's a specific time. If you do classes online, like you don't have to be there from four to six. You can be there at any time you want. 
and just complete the coursework. Like you, you can't, like it's impossible to cheat, right? Like if it's a memorization test, absolutely. But it doesn't matter because you're not learning fucking anything there anyways. Like we have access to the internet at all times. If I can, if I can cheat on a test, like that, that, that doesn't even count as cheating. It's just, I, I figured out, I found the answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I, I don't get why, like why that's cheating. Yeah, they, you know, I didn't even think of that. There probably would have to be some sort of uh, modification to how tests are formulated. Like instead of a multiple choice, maybe something more like, um, like, like, uh, like an essay form or like explain like, like a business, like a case type thing, right? right? Where it'd be very hard to cheat and where it does make sense that you have access to the internet and you can get all the information that you need. But isn't that the best form show of learning kind of, anyways? Like, I think so. Sitting there and memorizing a formula, like, dude, I'll just type it in. Like, why, why, are, you, why are you testing my memorization in university? That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like the CFA exam, for example. It's ridiculous. You, you're not allowed a formula sheet. You have to memorize all these formulas. Um, and it's just, it's not realistic. Like, you, you're never going to be modeling a stock without using Excel. And your computer. You're never going to be doing it by hand. Even if you're like 80 years old. It's, it makes no sense whatsoever. It, essentially, you're studying. Uh, you're, you're testing this, the student's preparation by at that point And how much they, they just memorized and crammed. You're not necessarily testing their understanding of the material. Absolutely. And I guess before we close it out, one thing that I think why it's super important is it's finally, finally, finally going to force schools to adapt. Like, Jesus Christ, like, my girlfriend's sitting right next to me right now in a fucking course from a, from a fucking great school. And it is, like, I, I listened to the course. Obviously, she doesn't have the sound on right now, but it is awful. Like, it's terrible. Like, it's an online course. You have access to Kahoot. Like I literally have figured out Kahoot so I can mm. do a, a shit-faced game night with my friends. Like you can't like somehow <laughs> engage your students more than just screen sharing a presentation and talking. I don't. I don't understand that. And you're like, uh, you're like a degree in education. Like let's go here. You know, um, it's a, it's an absolute shame. Like why not just record this and send it in? You have sixty students. Like what? The one student who's going to ask a question. It's important for everyone to be there. Like ah, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, one class we attended, uh, me and uh, one of our other friends just played poker versus each other the whole class. And we'd go on old school MSN messenger and making fun of the uh, teacher and other people in the classroom. So <laughs> couldn't tell you one thing from that class. One thing. Complete another waste of, well, it wasn't a waste of time. It was a good time. But in terms of learning, it was a waste of time. Do you remember when we had to buy those like clicker things so we can participate in the class? Oh fuck! Like I forgot about that. I, there's no way they use that anymore. Yeah, I mean that's something though, right? It's something that's, they're trying. Yeah, Kahoot is, has been doing very well, and I think interactive learning is is also. I'm super bullish on that. Yeah, it's, well, we've seen we've seen so many studies come out and talk about the the positive effects of gamification when it comes to learning, like. Online learning is just a, a fantastic opportunity to do that immediate feedback. That's what you want. Like you don't want to right. write a test and then a month later get the answers. It's ridiculous. You don't. You can't learn like that. Yeah, I'm with you. 
So anyways, it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, I'll be tracking these companies post-pandemic. Um, I'm sure there'll be a drop-off in kind of enrollments and stuff like that. But I do think the sector on the whole is, is very promising and has just started to scratch its surface. Absolutely. They can't be worse than Leia and uh, what, what did we use at Abbott? I've, I don't remember. God. It's eons ago. Anyways. I got nothing else, yeah. my man. Me neither. It's uh, salad making time. Oh, baby. Well, uh, Ciao, Botics. Yeah, from all of us here at The Business Boys, thanks for tuning in for episode number 75. Uh, three quarters of the way to a hundy sticks. And uh, yeah, we'll check you later. Peace out.